Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast, where listeners will be encouraged with positive thoughts and actions that can be applied to combat that negativity that inundates our daily lives. Guiding people to see a positive perspective in personal and professional life events. Now, here is your host, Bob Brum, the Encouragement Engineer. Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. We help people to combat the negativity that inundates our daily lives with a positive perspective and positive action. Today's guest is Kevin Gazzara. Dr. Kevin Gazzara is the CEO of Magna Leadership Solutions, management and leadership expert, executive positive intelligence coach, professor at five universities, speaker and author of The Leader of Oz, helping organizations to create higher engaged teams and develop positive intelligence. Kevin worked for 18 years at Intel Corporation in position from program and product management to leadership development. He holds a BS in commerce and engineering and an MBA and doctorate in, of management and organizational leadership. So please welcome to the show, Kevin Gazzaro. Kevin, thank you so much for being here today. And what do you do in your spare time? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, my pleasure, Bob. Thanks so much for in- inviting me to your podcast. Uh, got in the spare time. I have uh, I have a couple of grandkids, uh, two grandsons. So they pretty much take up most of my time. Good. Uh, I like to golf. I'm a musician. So I'm a drummer. So I like to play music and record music and work with different bands and, uh, I'm. Uh, I think you know. I'm an avid learner. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that that really excites me. Every day I get to get up and uh, learn new things, work with new people, meet new people, uh, and and help them out. Right. So so if I, I figure if I'm doing that, then I'm I'm giving back to the world. Well, that's great. And and how did you get to where you are? So people understand, you know, how you got to what you're doing today. Because I think that's always important for them to know the background of the guests and so forth. So if you can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, so I had I would say I'd had a pretty linear um, progression in life as well as uh, you know in my personal and private and my personal careers as well. You know, I started out as born and raised in, in the Philadelphia area. Uh, did my undergraduate work there at Drexel University and went did my MBA at Philadelphia University. Uh, and you know, I was working in the technical world, so I went to work for a company called Transamerica D. Laval when I got out of school, uh, and I worked there for about ten years. And then uh, in the '80s, uh, Intel had purchased the digital video tech, uh, interactive technology DVI from RCA Labs, where you could actually do uh, full motion, full screen video on a 286 computer back in the 80s. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and I was fortunate enough to uh, join the team. I was employee 50 uh, when Intel wow. bought it and we built it up. And you know the video that you're seeing on your phone or computer right now uh, c- comes from probably the original algorithms that were written. So I was a product manager for that, uh, that chip, uh, wow. the i750 chip. And uh, we were able to bring video to the computers and ultimately to smartphones and so forth. So it was really exciting. You know, I, I like the techie stuff, but um, back in the 90s, I had uh, the opportunity. I started doing a lot of teaching for Intel, for management teaching. Uh, Intel was very much a learning organization. Worked for them for about 20 years. Uh, and I think one of the things I found was my true passion, which was teaching and helping managers become better leaders. So uh, the last 10 years of my uh, tenure at Intel, I managed Intel University and management 
leadership development programs for them for the world. And we used to wow. train um, 2,500 managers a year. Wow. Uh, and when I had retired from Intel in 2007 to start up Magna Leadership Solutions, our consulting firm, we had just finished training our 40,000th manager. Wow. So we got, we got pretty good at that. And, you know, my goal was um, to retire at 50 or retire from the corporate world at 50 and then go help other small and medium-sized organizations that, you know, didn't have $10 million budgets right. to really build their leaders to really kind of attract and retain uh, the best people. And that's what I've been doing for the last 15 years. And it's been absolutely fantastic. Well, if you can expand a little bit about that, because you talk about being a positive intelligence coach, what is that? <laughs> you know, let's, you know, flush that out a little further for people. Yeah. So, um, so when I did all my doctoral work, um, I did it around the, the, uh, the balance of task types around motivation, engagement, uh, and the concept of flow kind of getting in, in the zone. And, um, and early in the nineties, uh, some of the things from Daniel Goleman started to emerge on emotional intelligence. Right. And I used a lot of that, uh, in some of the research that I was doing around, you know, how people get motivated and engaged. Yeah. And one, one of the things that, has, uh, that I found of trying to bring emotional intelligence into organizations is it's, it's kind of squishy. It's, the, um, it's a little bit of a gray area. There's really good assessments that are out there. It'll tell you, you know, here's, here's your areas of strength. Here's your areas of weakness. Right. But the, the thing is, is kind of operationalizing it or actually making a difference once you know that has been very difficult. And several years ago, there was a gentleman by, out from Stanford by the name of Shirzad Shamin, who wrote a book called Positive Intelligence. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's probably one of my top five books to recommend uh, for anybody to read. If you haven't read it, it's exceptional uh, book and uh, it focuses basically what he's done is he's taken lots and lots of the ideas from emotional intelligence as a foundation as well as some other work that's been done by uh, Dr. Richard Boyatzis and Howard Gardner and uh, neuroscience and he put them all together and he's created this operating system uh, called positive intelligence and basically what Shazad has found through his research was that um we have these saboteurs in our brain yeah. and you have the sage portion of your brain. Uh, and the key is, is once you recognize the saboteurs, the, the, the voices in your head that are kind of holding you back, you know, whether it's the avoider or the pleaser or the hyper rational, um, once you can kind of control them, not get rid of them, uh, control them, then you have the ability to make uh, advancements in, in the future uh, by using what he calls your sage portion of your brain which is really focusing on the different sage powers around exploring and uh, new ideas. So um, so about two years ago, I got certified through his organization uh, as a positive intelligence coach. coach okay. I've embedded that into my, um, uh, my executive coaching pra practices, as well as into the uh, leadership programs that we deliver through our, our firm. Okay. And you, you mentioned you right behind you, you say, you know, by Magna. Um, so tell us, there's a Magna model you talk about. What is that? If you can explain that, a little bit of that for us. 
Sure. Yeah. Um, so when we, uh, so when I left Intel in 2007, um, I took two of my colleagues with me, uh, Marlene Lundy and Dr. Ali Lakani, and we put this program, uh, the uh, the um, consulting firm, together. And what we've recognized was is that I think too many organizations. What we find is is they think leadership is a one and done. It's yeah, a it's an event. Yeah. And really what we found is it's a process. So we developed what we call the Magna model. And if you go to our site, you know, magnaleadership.com, you can, you can see the model and it's, and it's really moving organizations uh, from kind of uh, static to a, a dynamic world, right? But most organizations, like I said, focus on kind of uh, a one and done, uh, you know, uh, right. flavor of the month management kind of things. And it's, it's very, very I think difficult for the managers and it just doesn't stick. So we developed this Magna model, which focuses on you know, a process that we call uh, Gale around guided and applied integrated learning. And what we recognized is that once you can put the process in place, the stuff will stick. Right. You know, so we have a whole suite of, in addition to the doing the ac action learning, you know, where you uh, get the concept, you apply it in a safe environment, uh, and then you immediately apply it to your workplace and you, and you just kind of rinse and repeat that with, with coaching, with uh, feedback systems, uh, with reinforcement messages on a regular basis. We do mastermind sessions. We put people together, uh, creating capability coaches. We like the word capability rather than accountability coaches. Uh, right. And once you kind of put that all together in a system, you can really move to this very, very high performing organization where um, one of the things that we recognize is we don't do training, you right. know, because uh, training kind of indicates that it is going to be kind of a sunk cost, right? Now, what we really do is we do applied learning. So we bring those real challenges in with you uh, and then work on them. So you're, you're making progress of what you normally should be working on uh, and you're doing it in a guided way using you know, proven tools that, you know, I've used at Intel, my partners have used, you know, they've been to lots of different organizations like uh, Honeywell and Kraft Foods and uh, so forth. So, so that's, that's the idea is, is put a, put a good system in place and the investment that you're making as a, as a manager or leader in your people it is actually going to stick. So you see the behavioral change. And I think that's, I appreciate that applied learning scenario because yeah, it's not just, it's never just one and done. Um, yeah. And I know many organizations it's, you know, you get into it and um, they're busy. I get that. Every organization is busy. You hope to be busy. Um, but yeah, you've definitely got to continue that. And I, that's what I appreciate about that model is it's definitely, it's a circular model. So it continues mm -hmm. that path. It's not, you know, like I said, there's, there's really not a stopping point. You can always continue to learn. You can always continue to grow you can always apply new things to your group. So great ideas with that. Um, do you find that, uh, say if you will in the academic compared to the real world because you got a few degrees <laughs> you find that you know there's there's a gap there well you know i think as you mentioned in my bio i've taught at um five different universities um over the past since when i started teaching in university level in 96 so it's been 25 27 years or, or whatever um what I found is, is in the academic world, there's lots of great information. The thing that I always liked is I always liked 
uh, applying it, right? Yeah. And one of the things that we stress is that you really should, when you're putting your leadership programs together, you should have a really good academically and statistically verified kind of grounded rather than, hey, this is my idea, let's go and do this and having anecdotal information. I think the acad academia provides really, really good foundational pieces. So when we, we teach the different modules on communication or conflict or problem solving, that they're really well-grounded, they're well-founded. Uh, and then the, the key for us is how do you turn that into something that's immediately applicable and it's understandable, right? So right. you stay in the straight academic world, uh, it, it's it's usually challenging for people that aren't academics. And if you stick in the, the straight practical world where it's it's just anecdotal information of like, hey, I tried this and it seems to work, so you should go and do that, then you're you may not really get the the best tools that are necessary. So so I like both pieces, mm -hmm. like like both pieces, right. but I I really like the application of it. You know, one of the things that we say in our leading forward academy which is a, a six month program to help, you know, managers really become great leaders uh, through the process is that, um, that we want you uh, to kind of embrace this. We want you to have this behavioral change. And if you can do that, um, then you can make a difference and you see the results, right? So yeah. we, we don't recommend doing anything. I mean, if you're not going to get really good business results, you're not going to be able to change the culture to, to be much more of a learning organization, a collaborative environment where people are not working in the silos that we see forming in many organizations, uh, then don't, don't invest, right? It's, right. you know, it's just going to be frustrating for, for the people and the other individuals. Now, how, that's always a, a big issue, if you will, you go into an environment and there's all these silos and people say, well, you know, we've gone through this before. How do you help get around that paradigm? Because yeah, the business results are what you want, but you have to come in with a proven record that says this works. So is, is that how you come around that? Is it, is it the relationship you build? How do you, how do you get around those scenarios? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that we use from that was uh, talked about in, you know, Harvard, the Harvard, we call it the Harvard model. It's actually Harvard talked about this many years ago in HBR, the Harvard Business Review. It talked really about three things for developing leaders. It's first is you need to, to know thyself. Mm -hmm. Second is to understand others. The third is to initiate and sustain change. And that's that's a reinforcing cycle as well, like our, our, our Magnum model. And what we recognized is that too often that most organizations immediately go into the third piece, which is the initiating and sustaining change. And they get all these great tools about how to do that. And what we find is, is if, if you really don't spend the time initially and our program focuses on a kind of a, a much more internal assessment, you know, where are my strengths? Where are my weaknesses? Um, you know, what are my behaviors? How are they affecting in a positive or negative way? What are my values? What's driving my motivation? You know, if once, once you get that deeper understanding of yourself, and you, right. and you and you buy into that, then you're more likely to move to the second step, which is understanding others. Okay, so now I know myself. Oh, let's talk about why I'm giving this to this other person on the line in the manufacturing, and and they continually, you know, are not meeting my expectations. They're they're coming in late or they're not delivering what's necessary. Uh, the the key the what we find is other organizations, when they do training, they give you the tools to try to hold people accountable and do that. 
but it doesn't get to the foundational level of why they're doing it. Right. And, and until the leader can understand the why in themselves, you know, there's a great book. I'm sure many of the viewers have uh, listened to it. You know, Simon Sinek's yeah. book on start with why, right? This yeah. is uh, until you get the leaders to really understand that, then getting them to use it for the other, the people that they manage or lead uh, is uh, very, very difficult. So we, we kind of start there. Once you get that buy-in, you get those ahas, like, oh, yeah. that's why I do it. Maybe that's why Joe does it that that way um, right. and get that understanding. Then you can really make the change that, that's necessary and the stuff will stick. And, you know, right. our goal is always about is, you know, it's to teach the, the man to fish type of thing is, is we want to give you the tools. We want you to apply them, get that confidence and then go out and use them. Um, you know, from a consulting perspective, we want to make you self-sufficient Right. Uh, so that we can go do other things bigger and better, either with yourself or other organizations, as opposed to trying to have kind of a constant, uh, you know, dollar dollar flow where we're invoicing you. We, we really don't want that. We want to get you self-sufficient so you can move on. And then when you have higher level problems, you know, we find that our, our customers that we've done that have graduated through the Leading Forward Academy come back. Awesome. Well, that's great because that's a, that's a big help and that's always a, a big hurdle to overcome in many organizations. So that's a great answer of why, you, if you will, why you do it. And that's a good insight because people will get those aha moments and then it's just, it, it triggers from there. So that's a great, great scenario there. And um, can I make one other point for you? Sure. One of the things that comes up with this is, is we have lots of organizations we work with who have tried the kind of the flavor of the month. And if they've done some things that are um, good leadership practices or or programs like like well we've run in situational leadership or right. we've run in this other other approach. Um, what we do is we go in and work our materials so that it complements that. We will never tell right. anyone to say, "Oh, you have to throw that out," or that right. won't that won't work. So they have to do the restart. So the key is 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 to take what they they've gone through, the pieces that they have either learned and bought in or not bought in. And then build that deeper understanding piece, and then go back and bring that that other um, those other practices back right. in into into the system, right? So we integrate it in the system as opposed to saying, "Oh, this is our model. You have to do this." We have a model, but within there, there's lots of elements that we can um, you know use from uh, other well-known. Um, right. People, academic, uh, people that are academics or practitioners. Yeah, it's not a forklift upgrade. You can adapt to what they've done. So that's great. <laughs> um, one of the things that was interesting, I was reading one of your, um, some aspects about what you do and um, it talked about the hiring process and how mm -hmm. that's critical because, I mean, that's where you find out who the person, for the most part, you get a pretty good idea of what the person's like as far as, you know, type of work ethic, et cetera. How critical is that process? If you can explain that for people. Yeah, it it is absolutely your leverage factor for success in, in the future. And uh, if you, if you, the, the key is, is that first of all, you want to hire and retain the best people. Um, and there's lots of good ways to do that. There's different approaches and tools like behavioral interviewing and Right. Uh, different assessments. You know, we have a benchmarking process. One of the things that we found is that uh, that organizations, first of all, don't have an idea of what it's costing them for turnover. 
Like even when we sit down with senior executives, that's the first question we ask them. So what's your turnover costing you? They have, like, I don't know. So, uh, so we created a tool. It's called the attrition calculator. Wow. Uh, it asks you three questions. It's called, if you go to attritioncalculator.com, uh, it's free to, for anyone to use. And it'll ask you, so, uh, so how many people do you have? What's your turnover rate? Uh, and what are you paying them? So you can do it at a big organizational level. You can do it at a, at a small department level. You know, we just did, did one for, uh, for bank managers uh, and, and you put it in and it looks at, I think, 20 to 25 different variables. Uh, and instantaneously, you put the three numbers in and it'll say, this is what it's costing you for losing each one of your employees. And this is, this is real dollars. It's not right. Right. Kind of fuzzy, fuzzy dollars. It's, it's the amount of uh, coverage time and how long it takes to bring on a new person, particularly now because it's so long. So, so that's the first thing that we do is we tell them when you have to figure out what it's going what it's costing you. Right. Uh, and then, and then we say, Hey, we have a benchmarking process. We use a whole suite of tools. Uh, we work with target training international. If anybody knows TTI, they do uh, a disc and values and okay. driving forces and trimetrics and what, uh, and so forth. Um, and we use their tools to help assess the front end to get, give people the right questions, you know? So you have to have to hire, we say hire for talent, right? Train for skill. Right. right. So you can so, train anybody. Yeah. <laughs> typically, I, I think you've probably found and probably the listeners have found this is if you get people with great skills, if they're one not uh, uh, aligned with the organization, the people, the work ethics, those kind of things, that's the stuff that gets people fired or laid off or, um, right. you know, uh, un unproductive in organizations. So, so you want to find that. And then the second thing we found, I think, which is critical, which most people don't do is they, they hire for, they, first of all, they get people that have good skills, they have good talent, they hire to make sure that their behaviors and their driving forces or their values are aligned, right, so that they know what motivates them, and then they throw them in this, into the environment. But the big problem we've found is they throw them into an environment that's not conducive uh, for who they, who they are. And there's a third assessment we use, uh, which was an outcome of my, all my doctoral research called the task quotient or TQ. And what it does is wow. it identifies, um, your ideal task mixture. So each one of us, uh, has a unique task mixture. There's 496 different mixtures wow. of routine <laughs> troubleshooting and project tasks. And what the TQ will do is it'll identify that for you. So, so when you're hiring a, um, you know, a um, customer service agent uh, and, you, and you look at the job when we do the benchmarking, you know, and 60% of the top time the job is routine, you know, and then 40% is troubleshooting or 30% right. is troubleshooting and 10% project kind of bigger picture type of thing. Um, if you bring the right person in and, and you haven't assessed their task preferences, and you throw somebody that has a 10% routine need and they, what they really thrive on is in project work and you throw them into that, that highly repetitive environment, um, they'll do great work. They will continually get demotivated and eventually, uh, you know, you get what's called the, you know, the quiet quitting kind of thing right, right. And, and, and people just go, go away. So, um, so, so, so that's the that's kind of the 
third element that we do that I, I know very few or if, or if any other consultants consultants do is, is you spend all this time finding the right people and then you place them in an environment that's that is completely unaligned of what they want. Yeah. Um, and then and then the cycle cycle continues. So yeah. we want to try to break that break that cycle. And we thought had some really good case studies where we've been able to do that. Um, where we've taken organizations that have a 30 or 40 percent turnover. Um, and cutting in half is relatively easy. Uh, we even have organizations where we've gotten it to zero. Wow. It's a little bit more to work to get up to zero, but if you're spending, you know, if you've got, if you're turning over 30 or workforce every year, um, that, that's just frustrating for everybody. And, and yeah. Mostly. Yeah. And you get a lot of stress and it costs a company a lot of money. So yeah, that's a, that's a great thing. I've been reading a lot about that scenario of, yeah, fitting the people to the, what their strengths, not only their strengths are, but like you said, with your, your quotient there, your task quotient, what do they like to do? That's, that's critical. It makes you satisfied, you know, person in, in what you do. So again, another great example of, of what you're doing and how you're helping our world. So thanks for that. Sure. Um, Kevin, where can people find out, you know, more about you, how to get a hold of you, your website, everything like that, because we want to make sure we get that to the, to the listeners. Sure. Um, so you can contact me directly, um, Kevin at magnaleadership.com. You know, I can, uh, you can go to our website. We have a magnaleadership.com website. If you're particularly interested in, in the um, positive intelligence, uh, we have a separate webpage just for that. And it's, it's um, pqtrainingandcoaching.com. Uh, and you can learn about how we've taken the positive intelligence. We, we do six-week positive intelligence programs. We start those every other month or so. Uh, they're six-week programs. They're virtual small groups, anywhere between uh, three to six people. Um, and it's really much more about building their emotional intelligence, their positive intelligence, getting a deeper understanding, which is one of the foundational pieces um, for, you know, building a great leader. So they, they can, um, they can find that there at that site. Um, I, one of the things I'll, I'll give you and I'll give the listeners here, Bob, is, is I've created a, um, uh, a site. Okay. Uh, if you go to Magna leader, not leadership, Magna leader.co co not com forward slash, and then put in caps gift G I F T magnaleader.co forward slash gift um, for your listeners that have kind of gotten to this point in the, in the podcast, um, they can go and take that task question assessment as my cool. gift for free. So, so normally you have to go and buy it. Uh, your listeners get it for, for free. And, and it'll give you an idea of, of kind of what your ideal task mixture is. So if you're out looking for another job or you're really not as fulfilled in your current job, is look and see, hey, am I getting the, the right balance of tasks on a daily or weekly basis? And my guess is, is if you're unhappy in your job, that that's going to be the number one thing right. that's making you un unhappy. Um, wow. And if you are looking to switch jobs, um, what we find is, is if you can ask the right questions of the people that are interviewing you, once you kind of get to that point where it looks like they're going to make you an offer, is to is to get to a situation where you're finding out what the 
environment is going to be like. Okay. Uh, and like I said, if you're someone that has a low routine need and they say, oh yeah, things are great. We have all these processes. It's pretty much just a cut and paste, you know, so okay. super easy job. You, yeah. you know, you know that you're going to be looking for another job, you know, three right. months after you're in that position. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for that offer. And thank you for being a guest on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast today. I really appreciate it. I want to make sure we, we wrap this up in time because, um, Great information. We'll make sure we have this all in the show notes. I look forward to this. So thank you so much, Kevin. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Hello, this is Bob Brum, your encouragement engineer. I want to be your contrarian. I want to help you in the battle to overcome the negativity that inundates our daily lives. You're better and greater than your situation, and you've been given a gift by our great creator. As an encouragement engineer, I can help you to see the value of a positive perspective, positive actions, and positive mindset in your life. No matter if you're a solopreneur or corporate contributor or a large organization, the value of your greatness needs to be shared with the world. As an author and encouragement engineer, I would love the opportunity to enlighten your organization with the value of positivity for your situation. We can overcome negativity with the light of positivity. I encourage you to contact us at BobBrumSpeaks.com for more information, and let's have a conversation about your situation and how we can help you. Thanks for joining us on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. To learn more about the services Bob provides, please visit his website at bobbrumspeaks.com for more information. And please feel free to share this podcast to your friends.